0: This is the Jesus Only Speaks the Truth podcast. My name is Dennis McKee Jr. Today, Thursday, November the 21st, 2019. It is just after 2.30 in the afternoon here in the Philadelphia, Pennsylvania area. This message entitled, Prayers of Reparation Are So Important to God. Prayers of Reparation are so important to God. Amen. <clears throat> well, first of all, I want you to realize this. The ultimate prayer of reparation is the holy sacrifice of the Mass. Right? That that's what's that that's what's occurring is in effect the offering. Not in effect, it's it's happening. The offering of the body, blood, soul, and divinity of Jesus to God the Father. In atonement for our sins and those of the whole world so that we can receive mercy and blessings and graces and generosity. Amen. Now, somewhere in this diary, I remember reading where Jesus says that. Our Lord says how important prayers of reparation are. And I would say in my journey of faith, specifically over the last seven or eight years that has been the highlight of the journey one of the many highlights i should say to be clear is the understanding of the importance and the power of prayers of reparation and that tends to be one of the treasures of our catholic faith i want you to hear this i'm going to take this from the diary of divine mercy listen to this what jesus says this is very very early on during the apparitions where jesus is appearing to saint faustina Remember, from 1925 to 1938, Jesus does appear to St. Faustina in Poland. Everything Jesus tells St. Faustina runs in harmony with sacred scripture, with a very specific emphasis on the Lord's love and mercy. This devotion has been fully approved and embraced by the Catholic Church. I want you to hear this. The exact year, do I have that in front of me? Let me see here. It looks like 1929, possibly 1928. Actually, it looks like it is going to be 1929. So this is very very early on in these divine mercy apparitions. One day, this is St. Faustina writing. One day, Jesus told me that he would cause a chastisement to fall upon the most beautiful city in our country. In quotations, it writes, or in a... Quotations writes, probably worse so. St. Faustina then goes on to write, this chastisement would be that with which God had punished Sodom and Gomorrah. I saw the great wrath of God and a shudder pierced my heart. I prayed in silence. After a moment, Jesus said to me, my child, unite yourself closely to me during the sacrifice and offer my blood and my wounds to my father In expiation for the sins of that city, repeat this without interruption throughout the entire Mass. Do this for seven days. St. Faustina then goes on to write On the seventh day, I saw Jesus in a bright cloud and began to beg him to look upon the city and upon our whole country. Jesus looked graciously. When I saw the kindness of Jesus, I began to beg his blessing. Immediately, Jesus said, For your sake, I bless the entire country. And he made a big sign of the cross over our country, seeing the goodness of God, a great joy filled my soul. Amen. I wanted to read that because we see, we see here, the power of this this prayer of atonement, these prayers of reparation. Again, this is something very specific, a treasure of the Catholic Church. And there is so much power in prayers of reparation and prayers of atonement. That's what the Chapel of the Divine Mercy is. It is a prayer of atonement. I talk a lot about the Holy Face devotion. Jesus refers to that devotion as the work of reparation. This is, it is instrumental to understand how important prayers of atonement prayers of operation are if you're not currently engaging in prayers of atonement prayers of operation i highly highly recommend it not because of me but because jesus is saying how important it is that's why i want to read you this this is and this is in harmony with what we're, with the conversation here today and also in harmony with the fact that as a, as the catholic church we but a specific emphasis on the holy souls in purgatory during the month of November. Now, been hearing it uh, from people where, you know, in terms of scripture, where they, you know, people are saying, you know, that the word purgatory doesn't appear in the Bible. I've really been talking a lot about that because I mean, logically, if if we don't believe in purgatory, why would we pray for the holy souls in purgatory? Right? So the the belief in purgatory has to exist in order for us to pray for those holy souls. So As Catholics, we can look to where Jesus talked about purgatory and the divine mercy apparitions. He speaks of it. St. Faustina visits purgatory uh, with her guardian angel. She sees the Blessed Mother Mary, who is referred to as the star of the sea, refreshing the holy souls in purgatory. So we can look as Catholics to personal apparitions where Jesus is talking about purgatory. Now, if someone wants to talk about why or why, as Catholics, we're looking to the Catholic Church? I I'm going to go back to this real quickly. Is that in the Book of Saint Matthew, chapter 16, where Jesus is founding a church upon Saint Peter, and Jesus is saying, "This church to Saint Peter, whatever you bind on earth, shall be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth, shall be loosed in heaven. And the gates of the nether world shall not prevail against this church." Amen. Well, what church has existed for 2,000 years? What church can we trace the Pope Francis, all the way back to Pope Peter, St. Peter, Catholic Church, right? So the, the church that Jesus is founding is undoubtedly the Catholic Church. So for those who are saying, well, the Catholic Church, uh, you know, it needed to be whatever changed reform. Well, the whole point I'm trying to make is that you may believe that, it, that may or may not have been true that reform could have existed within the church. I'm not even going to argue that. But there's a reality that the gates... Of hell shall not prevail against the Catholic Church. So the question then must be raised: why would you then leave this church? Right? You would be going against the church that Jesus founded. So when we look, so in other words, Jesus is giving authority to St. Peter and to the apostolic succession to, yes, basically in layman's terms, make rules that is guided by the Holy Spirit. Where am I saying that? In the Last Supper, the book of St. John. Jesus is saying he's going to give the Holy Spirit to guide, to guide us in our time, so to speak. The exact words are not in front of me, but you understand what what I'm saying. So when we look to the church, we're looking to the church that Jesus founded. So, but in a very specific way, and this is the one that I've talked to people, and they've basically conceded, "Yeah, you've got a great point there." Book of Saint Matthew, chapter five, verses twenty-three to twenty-six, is the Sermon on the Mount. Jesus is talking about a prison where souls, where souls go that are not ready for heaven, and they're not going to get out of this prison until they paid the last penny. So I've asked a question. All right, well I can see the where I don't see the word purgatory in the Bible, but what is this prison that Jesus is speaking of? People don't know how to answer that question. The prison clearly is the prison of purgatory. That's how Jesus refers to it in personal apparitions many, many times. So as I get into that, I'm going to tie in right now purgatory. The belief is, well, for believing what Jesus is saying is true, if we believe that Jesus is God, as he states in scripture, if we believe that he's the holy redeemer, and we're going to believe his words are true, which he's saying that he is the truth. Well, if he is the truth, then everything he says is, by definition, true. So if Jesus is saying purgatory exists, well, we have to believe in it. So the question then becomes, what what are we supposed to do with that knowledge? We're supposed to pray for these holy souls in purgatory. Right now, I'm going to teach you a very powerful prayer you may or may not know, which is a prayer of reparation. It's a prayer of reparation that is specifically designed not only for the holy souls in purgatory, but for sinners everywhere, and even those in our own home and with our family. And guess who taught this prayer? Jesus. Jesus appeared to St. Gertrude the Great in the 14th century, in the 1300s. These apparitions are fully approved by the Catholic Church, the church that Jesus founded. And this prayer that you're going to hear right now i a matter of fact, let me read this from this specific article. I'm going to read a few uh, pull quotes from this article. This was given to me at our prayer group by one of our uh, key members of our prayer group, a uh, woman named Maddie, who is very knowledgeable in the faith. She gave this to me while we were in front of the Blessed Sacrament. So allow me to read this from the article. St. Gertrude wrote many works, although few survive today. She was considered a mystic and prayed often for the souls in purgatory. Gertrude was a 14th century Benedictine writer who had the gift of miracles and prophecy and was also regarded as a great theologian. When she was 25 years old, Gertrude had a vision on the feast of St. John the Evangelist where she is said to have heard the beating heart of Jesus. In one vision, Gertrude was told by our Lord that each time this Following prayer was said 1,000 souls would be released from purgatory. When you say this prayer, realize the souls you're releasing to heaven and praise God. Here's the prayer. And I quote, and again, Jesus taught this prayer. Eternal Father, I offer you the most precious blood of your divine son, Jesus, in union with the masses said throughout the world today for all the holy souls in purgatory for sinners everywhere for sinners in the universal church and for those in my own home and within my family amen That is a great prayer of atonement, of reparation. You know, we're seeing again that if if you're familiar with the Chapel of the Divine Mercy, you recognize the authenticity of that prayer, right? So many of these personal apparitions, we learn prayers of reparation, prayers of atonement. In closing, I urge you, I really urge you to take seriously, and I I, listen, I've gotten away from this prayer. I'll admit, I, I was praying this prayer. For a while, I got gotten away from it. I'm, get, I'm getting back, uh, back on board with regards to this prayer. And I'm telling you, I can feel the peace and I can feel the difference. As I, we were talking about in our prayer meeting. You know, when souls are released from purgatory, where do they go? They go to heaven, right? Think about this, just logically, from point of common sense. If thousands of souls are being released from purgatory into heaven... What do you think that Jesus is gonna make them aware of what caused this to occur more quickly, their release from purgatory to heaven? What do you think Jesus would tell them this is what was happening and these are the people who prayed for you? And what do you think that these thousands upon thousands of souls who are being released would pray for us? Would come to our aid if 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 they are able or better, but obviously would pray for us. I mean they would. In a simple way, wouldn't you think they would help us out? Wouldn't you think they would want to help their family members out? So in a great and powerful way, we're actually, you're really improving the world with this prayer. So prayers of reparation are so important to God. My name is Dennis McGee Jr. Thank you for listening, supporting, and sharing the Jesus Only Speaks the Truth Podcast.